Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Good morning, everybody. My thanks again to Bill Ryder for allowing me to live on his premises for a few days. Be with you the rest of the week. I'm on Twitter at WinksThinks. Tom's on Twitter at CBS, And it's good to be with you for another day here on this Wednesday. Got a lot we want to talk about today. Trey Young gets another coach fired. We shouldn't blame him entirely, but we might and probably will throughout the day. Some crazy ongoings. I mean, crazy is not even the right word with what's happening in college basketball and the Alabama program we'll touch on. And it's also, as of yesterday, it's franchise tag season in the NFL. So this is the time of the year now when teams can decide you got an impending free agent, you got the franchise tag available, do you want to give him a one-year deal and maybe work an extension? This happens a lot. Sometimes guys get the one-year deal and play on it and then end up leaving. Sometimes they get tagged and then they work out a long-term contract, but this is the time now where teams can do that. There are some interesting names that will likely get franchise tagged. We talked a little bit yesterday about quarterback possibility and who could go where, who could end up in what spot. Lamar Jackson, I I would call the big wild card of the situation because you can talk about Aaron Rodgers, you can talk about Derek Carr, you can talk about you know Jimmy Garoppolo and Ryan Tannehill and some of these other guys. But if Lamar Jackson suddenly is available, that changes everything. And there'd be a lot of teams, obviously, that would want his services. Could a team afford him would be another thing. But I, I really do feel like the Ravens will franchise take him. I don't even – I'm only bringing it up for the cross my T's and dot my I's in the conversation. I don't think he's going anywhere. I would just be so stunned if that was the case. So, but he is a candidate to be franchise tagged. Uh, the Bills could be looking at their safety, Joden Poyer, the – Cowboys have a couple guys they could tag, and their discussion is, do we want to give a franchise tag to Tony Pollard, their uh, young running back, Dalton Schultz, their tight end, another guy. You've got some offensive linemen on these different teams. You've got Josh Jacobs with the Raiders, and the franchise tag on running backs, Pollard as well, is about $10 million. Even the Giants could be looking at a situation where they could tag Saquon Barkley or they could tag uh, Daniel Jones. Now, there are, there's a set number that you give these guys based on the salary figures. So they take the top five at each position, spit it out, and then that's what they would get. Quarterback, like for the Giants, if they wanted to make their decision, quarterback is they could franchise tag Daniel Jones at $32.5 million. They could franchise tag Saquon Barkley at $10 million. So maybe you tag one, work out a deal with the other, tag one, and eventually work out a deal with both. I feel like from the Giants' perspective, both of those guys will return. Saquon's been open to it. I don't know that he's going to necessarily need to be the highest-paid running back. He spoke on that a little bit. Daniel Jones, 
I would think Daniel Jones sees a number of $32 million and says, sign me up for that. But then there were the reports that he wants 45 a year. Well, I don't know who's going to give him that. There's always one. It seems like there's always one team, but I don't. And as much as I like Daniel Jones, like I, I really like Daniel Jones. I really think he's good. I would be happy to have Daniel Jones leading the football team that I liked. But the 45? I, I think I think you need a little more on your resume before you start asking for 45. Before you start asking for more than 32 if you're Daniel Jones, which is the franchise tag. So you might start to see some news on that. Evan Ingram is a candidate in Jacksonville. He actually thought he got tagged yesterday because the Jaguars, excuse me, Jag. Jacksonville. People are really picky on how I pronounce. So I just call him Jacksonville. The Jacksonville Football Club. Uh, the Jacksonville Football Club. Maytag Evan Ingram. And he saw a tweet yesterday. They were just celebrating his year. And he thought, is, is this happening? Is this how I'm finding out? He wants to stay there. Jacksonville wants him there. Uh, we'll see. He was a big part of their offense down the stretch. So you have all that going on. And then you also have... You have what is maybe my least favorite period of the NFL year of the NFL offseason where it's it's mock draft season, season SZN. There's been mock draft. I like mock drafts. Don't get me wrong. I play around with mine as well. I don't post them on Twitter every nine minutes like many, but I play around with my mock drafts. I try to figure it. It also helps you learn like, who some of the guys are that are likely to be available at that time in the in the first round and, and going forward. So I love mock drafts as much as the next guy. It's it's fun. It's a fun exercise. You get to learn. You get to see the possibilities. And there might be a higher possibilities of trades at the top this year, so you can have fun with that. It's, it's very exciting. But what happens in this time of the year is we've seen everything there is to see, essentially. There's going to be a pro day here. And the Combine, which I enjoy turning on the Combine and having it on as background noise, but if I know somebody's a fast player on a football field, and then all of a sudden he runs a four four forty, I think, oh, wow, he ran really fast. I don't think, wow, forget everything I learned for the three years he was in college, that fifth-round pick is now a second-round pick. I think we do a little too much of that. So, but that's at least something to look at and to deter, like, at least with the combine, you can see something happen and say, oh, okay, maybe now that I see him in this environment, maybe he would, maybe I'll slot him higher on my mock drafts. What I'm getting at is there's a lot, there's a lot of guys that their stock quote unquote rises and quote unquote falls because of boredom from the people that are doing mock drafts. There, there's, there's boredom. You're going to start to see mock drafts where the Bears take a defender that's not even in the conversation right now. Like, it's going to be probably, if they stay at one, the Chicago Bears are taking Jalen Carter out of Georgia or Will Anderson out of Alabama. That's who they're taking. Now, there may be somebody that says, well, what if they take Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech? What if, what if, what if they took Miles Murphy out of Clemson? Okay, that might get your mock draft to get a better headline on Google, but that's not what's going to happen. The Bears are either going to trade this pick and go down to two or three and then get Jalen Carter or get Will Anderson. Now, for the Bears, I like the idea of them taking a defensive guy. 
they they do have problems on offense, which we'll get into in a moment. But I like the idea of them taking a defensive guy. The Chicago Bears, when you think of the Bears, I mean, sadly, they did have the one Super Bowl appearance with Rex Grossman. But when you think of the Chicago Bears, you think of the 80s. You think of the 85 Bears. You think of William Dent, or Richard Dent, rather. William Perry, Mike Singletary. That's who you think of. The Bears in defense, the gritty cold. That's that's what you think of. The monsters of the midway. And I would like to see the Bears get back to that. I would like to see them really highlight their defense again and, and use a top pick on a defender. And And Will Anderson has been potential number one pick for years. You know, Jalen Carter and these Georgia defenders have been so good. I mean, the Georgia defense, these guys just fly into the pros that he's got himself in the conversation. So whatever the Bears like there, do you want the defensive lineman? Do you want the edge guy? I would still go. And again, I'm just one man. I would go Will Anderson. I think he's been the guy. I would go with the guy. But if they go with Jalen Carter, you know, that's their guy, too. So that's what I would do if I was the Bears. I would ask around. And I would say, does anybody want this pick? But I don't want to go down too far because I still want one of my guys. I'm not going to luck into the number one pick. Now, they were bad, but Houston gave them the number one pick. I'm not going to luck into that and then not end up with one of the top two defenders. So I'm not trading way down. Even though the further down you trade, maybe a team's desperate and you could accumulate more picks. And the Bears need picks. The Bears need to fill out this roster. But there's some really good talent at, uh, at the top there. It'd be like, well, you got a J.J. Watt type, but you're going to trade down and, and get somebody else. If you if you can get this guy who's going to be potentially an all-pro and a future Hall of Famer, you know, I'm putting a lot on these guys early, but that's the potential. That's what I take. I take one of those guys and then try to get some more picks along the way. It's it's quality over quantity to an extent. I take one of these top guys. I was I had a very bad year. I had a miserable year. I'm not going to waste it by sprinkling my picks into the teens and the 30s in the second round. I want I want one of the top guys. I'm here. I hope to never be here again. When you're that high, you you need to you need to take advantage of it. So that's what I would do if I was the Bears. I would consider trading with Houston, the number 2 pick. I would consider trading Arizona's not going to take a, a quarterback at 3 and I would consider trading with the Colts at number 4. And I think in those positions, they could jump you. That's where that's where having the number one pick helps the Bears. And you might think, well, why would Houston trade? Houston's the two pick. They know the Bears are going to take a defender. So they can just sit there and take their quarterback of their choosing, whether it's Levis, Stroud, or, or Bryce Young, which it seems to be Bryce Young, according to what we're hearing in a lot of the mock drafts. But that's the beauty of it. If you're the number one pick, you trade with the Texans to swap picks to assure that no one else will trade with us. So... The Texans, by winning, gave the Bears a lot of leverage that maybe they didn't deserve. And that's why that final week was so crazy when the Texans did eventually win that game and go for two to seal the win. The other conversation on this, and you're starting to see this in mocks, and just the the general conversation of it is, well, what if the Bears used that pick, took a quarterback, and then traded Justin Fields? What if that was their decision? I think they should entertain that decision publicly, but not privately. 
publicly but not privately. 855 212 4227 cbs You guys can jump in. Bart Winkler here for Bill Ryder this week. If I was the Bears, I would have talked to Justin Fields prior to the offseason and say, you're our guy. I mean, we took you high. You're our guy. We're not, we're not trading you. We like you very much. We have not done right by you, really, in the first two years. We're not going to trade you. But we do want other teams to think we might trade them, that we might trade you. So when we're talking to other teams, we might make it a possibility. We're just trying to benefit you. We're trying to, we're trying to get the value of what we get in return for a pick as high as possible. And if, team th- if teams think that we might end up trading you, then we think we could maybe get more for the number one pick. So I, I, w- I might have that conversation with him. But in no way am I going to trade Justin Fields. Now, I said if you want to take a J.J. Watt type, you know, take, if you got a guy that's there, take him. If you know there's going to be a for sure Hall of Famer, you take him. Some people are calling Bryce Young that. They think, well, the Bryce Young pick is much better. I don't think this is a situation with the Cardinals where they had Josh Rosen were bad, and then Kyler Murray was there. I'm not sure that the gap between Fields and Bryce Young ultimately will be that high. I like Bryce Young a lot, but I'm also very high on Justin Fields. I thought that if if he was the guy coming out, I prob- I may have taken him over Trevor Lawrence. Now, that might have been a mistake. Trevor Lawrence is very good, but I certainly would have taken him, too, over Zach Wilson. I just I thought he was so good at Ohio State. They were so good. Their offense was so good, and Ohio State's continued to be this way, and that's why C.J. Stroud can be you know, in this mix, too. Ohio State is a team that can look like nothing for a half. You've seen some of these games where they struggle against the Northwestern or whatever. But then their offense can just three plays, 30 yards, touchdown. Or two plays, 80 yards, touchdown. They can be so explosive, and they can do that because of the receiving weapons they have, but also they've had some really good quarterbacks. I think Justin Fields, the the picture that we have of Justin Fields coming out of college has been has been tempered because he's been in a Bears uniform the last couple of years, and the Bears do not do a good job historically with quarterbacks. Who's the best Bears quarterback of all time? Honestly, you're going to say someone like Sid Luckman, who you don't even know. You've never seen him play. You've just heard someone else in this same conversation say that. It might be. It's possible. It's Jay Cutler. I mean, there's they have not had a good quarterback in a long time. Who else you want to play here? Jim, uh, Jim Harbaugh. He was there for a while. Uh, Jim McMahon won a Super Bowl. Eric Kramer. I mean, who are we? Henry Burris. Who are we? Who are we going for here? There's it, it's it's very wide open. Kyle Orton. I was a fan of Kyle Orton. I thought he was all right. But this is the misery that the Bears have had. So when they get a quarterback, finally, people don't think, oh, well, Fields will be the guy to rectify this. They think, oh, well, the Bears will ruin it. And the Bears sort of have been ruining it. I didn't understand what they did. The first year they drafted Justin Fields. So Justin Fields is their quarterback in 21. And they've got guys that are likely going to get fired in Matt Nagy, the head coach, and Ryan Pace, the GM. And they have their number one quarterback. And they don't start him right away. And in fact, then they start him for a while and then benched him again. They had Andy Dalton in there for a while. I think they had Mike Glennon in there for a while. The, the, they, Justin Fields should have started all 16 games. Is what he should have done with the Bears. He should have started every game. Because as Nagy and Pay should have done is attach yourself to this guy. 
develop him. Say, if you fire us, that's one year of development of Justin Fields in our system that, that you're washing away. So I think they made a mistake. And then Justin Fields has a new coordinator, new coach, has to learn it again. This year, there were some really good moments of Justin Fields. He ran for more than 1,100 yards. The passing is where I think people find it an issue, that he's not, he's not a good enough thrower of the football. His QB rating was 85. He had 2,200 yards. He had 17 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. I think one thing the Bears should have maybe done, because they weren't going anywhere, is tell Fields or, or game plan, let's try to throw more in this game. If we're really worried about Justin Fields as a thrower, let's try to throw more in this game, try to limit the runs, because he was running the ball a lot even at the end there. 10 rushing attempts for 132 yards in the last game of the season for him. Uh, seven for just 11, 15 for 95, six for 71. I mean, he was, he was rushing the ball in December a lot in November. He's averaging like 15 carries a game, maybe force him to throw more, but I don't even think that's a problem. I really just think that fields needs time, needs more work, needs, needs pass catching weapons. I think they had one guy over 500 yards this year in Cole Komet. I mean, the the offense was terrible. The receivers were no good. They trade for Chase Claypool to try to help. He disappears. So I think I think all the talk around the Bears and these mock drafts, either trade, stay in the top four, get one of the defenders you like, but do not trade Justin Fields. I think you have your guy. I think he's going to be very good. This league is shifting to where you do need a mobile quarterback. I mean, we saw that in the Super Bowl with both of the guys. So if I'm the Bears... Maybe flirt around, maybe get get other teams to think you might be interested, but you take a defender, maybe trade that. But week one, Justin Fields better be your quarterback. I'm tired of seeing I'm tired of seeing people think otherwise. And I'm a Packer fan. And I'm scared I'm scared to death of what Justin Fields could be. But as a Bears, as someone trying to negotiate for the Bears, you keep Justin Fields. Also, you don't move out of the city of Chicago. I get it, but that's going to be that's that's kind of going to stink. I'm Bart Winkler in for Bill Ryder. You guys can chime in 855-212-4227, 855-212-4CBS, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. In for Bill Writer this week. My name is Bart Winkler. Good to be here. Talking to you with you. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4CBS. NBA All-Star game over the weekend, which means it's... NBA All-Star break, so a lot of these guys, the season ended on Thursday or the first half of the season for some teams. Other teams, Wednesday, you spend the weekend in Salt Lake City. You go on a little bit of vacation for a few days, and you come back, and there's some games on Thursday night, and then more teams start playing over the weekend. But for most guys, you know, it's it's a nice time to to recoup and relax and really focus on what the second half of the season is going to be like. And Atlanta Hawks coach Nate McMillan, he takes his break. He thinks, all right, maybe the first half didn't go as well as I thought it would. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to refresh for a couple of days. And I'm really going to try to figure out how to best get my team into a playoff. Oh, sorry, the phone's ringing. Hello. Yes, this is coach. Oh, I'm fired. Great. Thank you. So that's his uh, all-star break. The Hawks yesterday announcing that they're firing head coach Nate McMillan. He took over for Lloyd Pierce as the interim coach in 2021, and then took the Hawks to the Eastern Conference Finals. They gave him a big contract, four years, but then they fired him this year as the Hawks have been, I guess, disappointing. I mean, it's it's hard to tell, and this is kind of the problem with, with teams that hire Nate McMillan. The The Pacers had him for a while. Portland, he like he's on these teams that aren't very good, but they're not bad either. So if they if they do well, yeah, Nate McMillan's the best. But if they don't do well, it's 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 on his it's on his uh, resume too. But the, I mean, the Hawks. What are the Hawks? That's the question. What are the Atlanta Hawks? They're twenty nine and thirty right now. They're bouncing around in the playoff, uh, the play in race. They got Trey Young. Obviously, they have Trey Young. They have guys you can build around. Trey Young, Clint Capella was a big deal for them. John Collins, but John Collins has been, hey, are we going to trade John Collins or not? They get DeJounte Murray. You know, they they have talent. It just, they can't figure out, like, what their identity of the team is. And now they're 29 and 30, and they have to fire their head coach. Joe Prunty is going to take over as the interim. They're already going to start a coaching search. Quinn Snyder, the leading candidate, according to sources. Longtime jazz coach. The uh, Hawks and McMillan, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN, were expected to part ways in the offseason maybe anyway, but the Hawks decided let's just do it now and try to salvage this season. Now, is this the second coach that Trey Young got fired? I don't know if it's Trey Young's fault, but Trey Young's been there and two coaches have gotten fired in that time. The Hawks are an interesting team. They could have been in the NBA Finals a few years ago. They were 41 and 31. That was the shortened season. It was 72 games. 
It was the season they lost to the Bucks. Bucks beat the Suns in the finals. But they beat the Knicks in the playoffs. Remember Trey Young was like the villain of villains and he embraced it at MSG and it was it was great. It was great. I thought it was just so good for the league. Look at this. This guy being a villain, embracing being a villain. That's great. You have your heroes, you have your villains. It's great when the villain embraces being the villain. I liked when LeBron was the villain in the NBA when he was with the Heat, but I don't think he was ever comfortable embracing that. But it was fun. He would come, you'd boo him. Boo, you went to the Heat, you took your talents. And then he, he didn't like, he won his titles, but then he didn't like it so much he had to be the hero again and went back to Cleveland and now obviously with the Lakers. But the Hawks, the Hawks were in the Eastern Conference Finals. They had the Bucks on the ropes. They did. Giannis gets hurt. The Hawks could have been, the Atlanta Hawks could have been in the NBA Finals. And then what? Uh, they went, again, 43-39 and 39 last year, losing to the Heat in the first round. This year, they're under five hundred. It's just a very disappointing situation in Atlanta, and I don't know where the future is. There were some discussions, some rumors that that, that maybe Trey Young could be on the block. Remember, Trey was initially involved in that swap with Luka Doncic, which at the time we knew a lot more about Trey than we did about Luka, and we thought, oh, okay, well, this Luka guy might be good. Well, Luka's, you know, Luka's, Luka's very good. And Trey's had his moments, but also there's a lot of turnovers there. And they just haven't been able to. They haven't been able to realize his potential and realize the team's potential. So the Hawks right now in a situation where they're trying to just fight into the playing tournament again, and it is disappointing to see because Nate McMillan, you know, seems like a good guy. He just keeps ending in these situations where there's really not a lot of talent around him. And for the Hawks, you know, I don't know what the future is. The East, the East as we talked about a little bit yesterday, it's top-heavy. It's not like the West. The West is a little more open. You can pick your favorites, but the West is a little more open. In the East, what's the Hawks' best-case scenario, honestly? Even with a new head coach. Even if they get Quinn Snyder. Even if they get Phil Jackson. Even if they, you know, who are they, what are they going to do? They're going to finish probably in the play-in tournament maybe be the seventh seed at best and then get swept by the Celtics or Bucks. Maybe they get up to six, get knocked out by the Sixers or Cavs. The the destination for this Hawks team is not it's not going to be a good one. And that's disappointing for them because they were just in the Eastern Conference Finals. And they really were they were they were much closer to being in the NBA Finals than maybe history remembers. Because, like I said, they had the Bucks on the ropes. Giannis got hurt in that series. Uh, but then the Hawks weren't able to take advantage of it. And history rewrote its own course. And now the Hawks are struggling. So I don't know what happens with Atlanta in that situation, but they have fired Nate McMillan, and now they're going to have to try to have a playoff push and see what happens. Interesting stuff there. And I just, I, I like, I don't know what you do with the Hawks. The Hawks, it seemed like, but even in that Eastern Conference Finals, it seemed like, what are they doing here? Because <laughs> that was supposed to be Buck Sixers. Like, what what are they doing here? Let's get out to Matt in Wisconsin. 
listening on 1250 AM The Fan. What's up, Matt? Hey, Bart. How's it going? Good. How are you? I am great. I um, I hear you're talking about Nate McMillan and the Hawks, and uh, we're big NBA people around here in Wisconsin, so I wanted to just call in and chat about that. Um, yeah, I'm please. What's lot, up? Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of Twitter chatter. A lot of people want Ime Udoka. A lot of people. And I just I don't I don't see it. I feel like he had an incredibly talented Celtics team that he had, you know, one good year with. And then he had the, um, what word do I want to use? The, uh, the behavior issues or, you know, whatever. I don't, we don't know what he did exactly, but apparently it was really bad, really not cool. So I don't know why you would want to like clamor and bring in this guy who has not, he doesn't have very much of a track record and he has some morality issues that it seems like. So I don't see the big draw. So I just want to know what your thoughts are on that. Well, thanks for the call. Good call. With Udoka, he was with the Celtics. And again, that was Brad Stevens that was there. They went to the front office. And now, like, how good of a coach is he? You know, it's the same with Joe Mazzula. Like, Joe Mazzula might be coach of the year. But how much of that is him? And how much of that is the Celtics? If I was the Hawks, is Quinn Snyder the guy... I would probably look more towards that than than Udoka, but we'll see. We'll see what the situation calls for, and we'll see what they end up doing. We're going to continue to talk about the NFL and the situations atop the leaderboard there, the mock drafts, the number one pick. There's a lot to get to in that. It's franchise take season. We're almost into the NFL combine, which is going to be great, so so much to talk about in regards to that. We'll have more on that coming up. CBS Sports Radio. Let's get to Erica Hershkowitz on the desk right now. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. In for Bill Ryder the rest of the week. My name is Bart Winkler. Good to be with you. Talking some NFL, of course, the franchise tag period is open. What will teams do there? Giants could have a couple decisions to make. The Lamar Jackson question still looms large. We'll talk about all that and more with Ryan Wilson. You can find him on Twitter at Ryan Wilson CBS. He covers the NFL for, as you guessed it, CBSSports.com and CBS Sports HQ. Let me start with what we talked about a little bit yesterday. So I am in Wisconsin, which means I am a Packers fan, which means I want Aaron Rodgers to be traded uh, immediately. I don't think the Jets, though, Ryan, I don't think that they should take on that and all the trouble that it's worth. I'm pretty adamant that the Jets should wrap up Derek Carr and get him in as soon as possible and just start with their new quarterback, get a head start on everything. Derek Carr's a free agent before everybody else can make any moves. I would say take advantage of that. The way that the two guys played last year, there wasn't a big gap between it. Where do you see things shaking out with the Jets, with Carr, with Rodgers, and, of course, good morning, thanks for your time. Yeah, you got it, Bart. So that that's going to be the question, right? How, how does this thing work for the Jets? Zach Wilson, it's funny to think about two years ago, Jets fans – or at least the organization was incredibly excited about what Zach Wilson could do, and it became clear pretty 
pretty quickly last season that it wasn't going to work out. So there's it's on to plan B, and I, I give them credit for, for not lingering and trying to, to, to make this thing work. So that said, Aaron Rodgers, I, I'm with you. It doesn't feel like he, he's a solution uh, only because of the way things uh, appear to be ending, and we have this conversation every year. It's like every end of every school year when uh, you know the cheerleader and the football captain are going to break up, and they never do. And we ha- keep having this talk about Aaron Rodgers leaving Green Bay. Maybe this is it. Um, Bob, again, the longtime Packers reporter, was on a podcast recently, and it made it sound like that perhaps the breakup was going to be official. And look, on the field, everyone knows Aaron Rodgers is the first ballot Hall of Fame, one of the best players ever. Off the field. We've heard people say that sometimes he can be prickly, sometimes difficult to work with, and I don't know if that's what you want to bring to a, a young Jets team that feels like they're one player away. And that one player, I think, to your point, is probably closer to resembling Derek Carr, or you could even sell yourself, I think, on Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, someone that you can you can try it out there for two or three years and have some success. You don't need those guys to necessarily put up 400 yards and five touchdowns every game. You just need them to – to steady the ship, and, and Mike White was actually somehow capable of doing that uh, in, in the shadow, if you will, of Zach Wilson, because that defense is so good. So the Bills are, are the, a team atop that division, but I, I feel like if you get Derek Carr or Jimmy G or whoever you think is the solution, not named Aaron Rodgers, and you let that defense continue to do what it does, you fix some pieces with the draft picks that you have, and that by that I mean the offensive line, um, and maybe get a receiver, then it feels like you're cooking with something, and, um, you know, as long as you have a quarterback, you have a chance. And right now, the Jets—that's uh, the piece that's uh, the missing piece of the puzzle. Not to spend too much time on that, particularly, uh, but I, I go back to a call that we had yesterday with, well, what, why would Derek Carr want to go to the Jets? Because if you look at the AFC, obviously it is loaded. It will be tough uh, to get out of there. I think from the Jets' point of view, again, I would much rather have Carr if I'm the Jets. You're going to get a quarterback that is going to be eager. He's going to be looking to prove something. He's going to be willing to adapt to the ways that things are done. Rodgers, I would assume, is going to come in there and try to do things a little more his way, take advantage of Hackett a little bit, and everything going on there. But if you're Derek Carr, is that the best fit for you? Or do you look at a wide-open NFC? Do you think, well, the Panthers need someone, the Commanders could need someone, the Saints could need someone, the Buccaneers could need someone? There's so much else going on in the NFC that maybe – I'm trying. I'm trying to marry the Jets and Derek Carr. That's my mission. But I think that maybe Derek Carr could have more attractive options elsewhere. Well, he's the. I mean, he is the the bell of the ball right now, right? There aren't a lot of options at free agency when it comes to quarterback. The draft is always a crapshoot. Even if you think you're getting the next Trevor Lawrence, sometimes you get the next Zach Wilson, and that's a concern. So uh, Derek has to think about: Does he want to be in the New York media market? Does he want to be in a relatively cold weather area? Uh, or does he want to go somewhere where it's warm, like the Saints, like the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? But those are trade-offs, uh, right? I, I mean, the Jets on paper might be one of the best destinations in terms of getting to the playoffs. Now the Bills are in the way, but you can still go to the playoffs and be in that division. The, <laughs> the Dolphins just did it a few months ago. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a ton of holes to fill. They have no cap space. Same with the, the Saints. Although you're you're in quote unquote better situation geographically if, if that's what you're looking for and, and less media scrutiny if that's also what you're looking for. But I, I think if Derek Carr is being honest with himself in the sense that he wants to win and what gives him the best opportunity, that there's no better um, friend to a quarterback than a, an absolutely dominant defense, and we saw that. Sometimes defenses don't transfer from one year to the next in terms of that dominance, but it's hard to shake the notion that this group that's young and got after to, to such a degree last year is going to suddenly fall off a cliff defensively. So 
if I'm Derek Carr, I, I'm thinking about the Jets, but I do understand all the other variables that you have to put into the to the, the equation, your family, the media situation, and all that other stuff, the, the weather. But, I mean, I, I don't know how you can sell someone on the Buccaneers or even Washington, another team you mentioned, going through an ownership change. That team is in turmoil in terms of uh, the quarterback situation, obviously, but in terms of are they going to have money available to sign free agents because you don't know what the ownership situation is. So th- there's a lot going on there as well. Talking with Ryan Wilson covers the NFL for CBSSports.com, CBS Sports HQ. The Commanders, so they get Eric Bieniemy, and I think that the, I do think the Commanders have a lot of good weapons. I like the receivers they have there. Their running back backfield maybe a little bit crowded, but I think that could be a, a positive. Just a question of who's the quarterback going to be. And poor Eric Bieniemy, you know, he, we all know he wants to be a coach. He can't get this opportunity. Is this going to work for him, or is it more likely that it backfires? Well, right. The, the feeling is that you hope that it works for him because sometimes you see guys take jobs and not necessarily out of desperation, but because there aren't a lot of opportunities and, and they want to prove themselves. And sometimes those things go, things go they go sideways. And you hope that's not the case with the enemy because Doug Peterson, Matt Nagy, all guys who were quote unquote offensive coordinators under. Andy Reid, who got head coaching jobs, and Peterson obviously had a ton of success, and Nagy less so, and he's back in Kansas City. And, and you want to see what Benjamin can do on his own, and I think that was part of the reason for making this change. I don't know what was said in the interview, but as you mentioned, they they have some dudes that can make plays down the field, starting with Terry McLaurin, uh, but they got to figure out the quarterback situation. And we'll see what Eric Benjamin learned. I, I know that folks in that organization in Kansas City think he's going to be a, a great asset to Washington, and, and you hope that's how it plays out see where it goes from there but there's a history of, of guys uh outperforming uh, their, their job titles and not getting the job they want and the flip, flip side of that coin by the way is look at guys like nathaniel hackett who was a great offensive coordinator got a job as a head coach and absolutely flopped and i say this all the time it it's one thing to be really good at your job but when you give someone another job a different job title with different job responsibilities you shouldn't be shocked if things don't work out that's like being the best accountant in your company, and then they say, hey, why don't you be uh, the, the lead lawyer? And you're like, well, I'm not equipped to be a lawyer, but since I'm successful, I'll try it. And in Nathaniel Haggis' case, it didn't work out. So we'll see what happens with the enemy. But I understand why he left Kansas City and, and get out from the, under the shadow of Andy Reid and, and give himself an opportunity to prove himself under some, you know, less than perfect circumstances. They could be in the market for a quarterback. Maybe they go with Sam Howell. We'll see one quarterback that – you know, his future is still kind of a mystery. And I, when I talk about quarterbacks and an off-season change, I just assume one way or another Lamar Jackson will stay with the Baltimore Ravens. Is there any circumstance, do you think, where that isn't true for the first snap of 2023? Well, yeah. I mean, it feels like long odds, right? I mean, I would put it at less than 5% right now, but never say never. Look, the way the last offseason went in terms of guys moving around, whether it's Russ Wilson or, or Devontae Adams or whomever, uh, anything's possible, I suppose, but it just seems crazy to me that the Ravens wouldn't be able to work this thing out because I always say, you know, fans get angry, the quarterbacks or the head coaches, and, and you can move on from those those people, but what's plan B? So what's plan B if you're the Ravens, if Lamar Jackson is in your future? And I'm sure the, the price of keeping Lamar Jackson is going to be expensive, and you can franchise him, you can franchise him twice, and you would actually be saving money based on the going rate for top quarterbacks, it'll be under $40 million even by year two of the franchise tag. But Lamar may not be uh, down with that, and, and you understand that to some degree as well. So I would imagine part of the issue is that Lamar doesn't have an agent, so maybe that complicates things in terms of the negotiations because if Lamar's not available, 
he's not available. And, um, you know, he's, he's got to be on the phone or at the table to have those conversations about contracts. And the Deshaun Watson deal doesn't help either. And I'm sure that owners around the league are not happy with Jimmy Haslam for giving all that guaranteed money to Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, excuse me. And he hadn't played in a year and a half. So all those things are mitigating factors. But Lamar Jackson was the MVP, and he was the MVP for a reason. And unlike Deshaun Watson, who's in the same division, we know what Lamar can do. I'm not sure Deshaun Watson is going to return to the form that we saw when he was at his peak in Houston. I think last year with Lamar, it's just injuries. Uh, and that's what kept him on the sidelines. It was nothing more than that. I don't think his game has fallen off a cliff. They have a new OC. Uh, Greg Roman has moved on. And, and I would imagine there have been conversations with, with Todd Munkin about how this offense is going to look with Lamar Jackson as a centerpiece. One thing that we're going to see over the next couple of months is rumors and speculation. And you got to really question where it's coming from because where is it coming from? And I think with the draft – you're going to have teams put things out there totally intended to misdirect, totally intended to see, you know, long shot scenario, what kind of trades or what kind of, you know, return can they get for possibilities. And I say that because I think the Chicago Bears at number one, I think they need to keep just, I, I, there's this talk about trading Justin Fields. I'm not into it. I don't think that they should do that. But if they want to put feelers out there and and do a misdirection campaign, I'm all aboard that. I think the Bears need to keep Justin Fields. Potentially, if they trade, don't go far down too far so that you can still grab one of these top defenders that they might like. They're in a good spot. I just don't want to see them, for their sake, screw it up. Yeah, sure you don't. You're a Packers fan. You, you're hoping that they draft a quarterback and then keep both quarterbacks on the roster and they both play them out. I, you're, you're not fooling <laughs> that one. But I think your overall point is a good one. Right, so I, I do um, a draft podcast with the first pick with, with Rick Spielman, the former Vikings general manager for CBS, and he talks about this all the time because I always say, hey, are you trading Justin Fields? He goes, no, that would be idiotic. I mean, there's no – so you trade a guy that could potentially be on the verge of blowing up. You draft a guy that you have no idea how he's going to play. And by the way, if you want to bring Bryce Young in, who is my quarterback, one to Chicago where it's 12 degrees and it's windy and you think he's going to be able to throw the ball through that uh, compared to Justin Fields' arm – you're already living in a in a fantasy world. So I think your point is, is a good one. I think you try to trade down, and you can land a, a Will Anderson or a Tyree Wilson as an edge rusher, maybe even a, a Jalen Carter, depending on how things shake out above you. You don't have the number 32 pick because you traded out to Pittsburgh for Chase Claypool, which hopefully works out, hasn't yet. So you don't have that top of the second-round pick. So you stockpile more picks. You get offensive linemen to help Justin Fields, who literally had to be helped off the field at points last season. And you rebuild that way. But, I mean, if you look, you can start over with a quarterback if that's your thing, but do it with the understanding that if things don't work out in year two uh, as the new coach and new general manager, you might be getting fired. I think the safe approach is the best one. I think trading down is an almost certainty, and I would be shocked if the Bears stayed put, and I would be floored and potentially unconscious if they stayed put and drafted the quarterback. Ryan, thanks so much for your time. I am a Packer fan, but I do when I – when I broadcast to the nation, I do make it. I do make it very clear that I'm doing what's in the best interest for that team. Because if I'm if I'm a Packer fan, I want Rodgers to get traded to the Jets. I want all the stuff that comes with it. But I don't think the Jets should do it. So I am trying to keep my bias uh, in the corner. If if you believe me or not. No, I got you. I believe you. I was giving you a hard time. <laughs> well, yeah, I appreciate it, Ryan. Thanks so much for your time, Ryan Wilson. Thanks, man. Have a good one, man.
You too. Ryan Wilson covers again the NFL for CBSSports.com and CBS Sports HQ. Yeah, as a Packer fan, I want the Bears. I want the Bears to trade Justin Fields and not get Bryce Young and somehow draft uh, a offensive lineman and do something really stupid. I want the Bears to not get their pick in on time, like the Vikings did that one year. That's what I want. I want chaos and mass disruption. But from the Bears' point of view, I think you got your guy. I really still do like Justin Fields there, and he's already been through two different regimes in two years. He does not have weapons around him. I don't think he's gotten the right. You know, you go from Ohio State where they're a wide receiver factory at this point. Okay, and then who's your best receiver? Who's your best receiver in Chicago? Is it Cole Komet? Chase Claypool got traded, and like, did he even ever show up to Chicago? Darnell Mooney disappeared. How much of that is Fields' fault? How much of that is the skill of receivers? Much more to get to. Major League Baseball going to change way too many rules. Try to keep up. We'll try to help you out. Coming up next, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 